This, this is the Blue Horseshoe with your host, George Brummer and Ryan Hickey. Colts fans, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure to include the Blue Horseshoe in your rotation as well. Find us wherever you get your pods. We are all over the map. Apple, Spotify, you name a podcast platform, we are there. George, coming off this game, you mentioned two of the most frustrating aspects. We talked a lot about the offensive line and their issues. And another big issue for the Colts. Now, granted, let's give Matt Ryan his due right now. He had a game-tying field goal drive late in the fourth quarter to get this game to overtime, and he led the Colts down the field in overtime to kick what was eventually the game-winning field goal for the Colts to win the game 12-9. His 44th game-winning drive of his career. Second all-time on active players, which is very impressive, only behind Tom Brady, which clearly, you know, Tom Brady at this point, there's no category he doesn't leave. So what else so, is new? So first among mortals is yeah. what you're telling me. <laughs> That's Among regular players, right? Like you mentioned, not aliens. Or father time beaters. Yes, Matt Ryan is number one. So take that for everyone else. Um, but so that, that at least will we'll give Matt Ryan his praise there. And he got the job done. And it, one more thing I'll say about Matt Ryan. To his credit, every single game this this year so far, we've seen one trend. And that is the Colts do have played in the, uh, the Colts play better in the second half. They play better in the fourth quarter. And that's a lot, a lot of times led by belief and the leadership. Other quarterback and Matt Ryan, he's always inspiring. He's never allowing anyone to get down. He's always himself thinking this team has a chance. That has been infectious for this team. And again, in a game especially on Thursday, George, I thought this team was dead. They were down 6-0. It felt like the game was over. They tied the game 6-6. I'm like, this does not feel like a tie. Like This, this does not feel like this game right now is anyone's game. Even when they're down 9-6, it just felt insurmountable. So even when the game feels so out of reach, credit Matt Ryan, he, again, does get the job done on Thursday night and, again, leads them to a win that felt improbable, kind of like the Chiefs won as well. Yeah, well, you know, I tweeted they were dead, so I'll, I'll own that. After <laughs> the, the fourth down conversion, the fourth them. down, you know, yeah. But after the fourth down conversion, when when uh, Russell Wilson had the completion there, the clock's running down. I thought for all the world they're going to kick a field goal and take a six-point lead. This game is over, and the, the Broncos have won it. And, you know, defense, again, stepped up. And, and look, we were talking about Gilmore earlier, and I'm sure we'll do that some more here in a little bit. Grover Stewart blocked the field goal. Mm-hmm. DeForest Buckner was an absolute monster in the middle of the line. I think he was just destroying the, the, the interior of that Denver line. But this defense, they overcame an interception deep in their own territory, held them to a field goal. I think that's the one when, when Grover blocked the field goal, actually. Came off that field with, with no points. They get that interception in the end zone after I declared them dead on Twitter. They get a, a breakaway, a breakup by Stevon Gilmore in the end zone at the end of the game. The defense deserves a lot of credit. I know that Denver's not a good offensive team, and I know Denver struggled all year, but the defense was put in some really tough situations, and they came through, and they're the reason they won this game. What I'm upset with right now with Matt Ryan, these turnovers now, 10 of them through five games, he's fumbled 11 times, which I think as the scroll's been saying throughout the show is the most through five games since the 1970 merger. He's thrown now seven interceptions, I believe. Seven interceptions. Um, so that's how you get to 10, right? Seven interceptions, three lost fumbles. Not, that's not my strong suit here, but I think you that's how you it. get to 10. That ball state education paying off. Exactly. <laughs> I need Blaine Bishop back to get my back here, but right now. But yeah, no, I, I feel like he's trying to do too much. We talked about this earlier. I feel like he's trying to do too much on every play because he doesn't trust that the next down will be there. 
because of the way that the line has been. And it's not an excuse. As a 14-year veteran, he should know better. Or 15th year now, he should know better. I'm not not taking him off the hook for any of this. I just think that's what's happening. You, it just seems like he's trying to get 20 yards instead of 10. He's trying to get a completion instead of throwing a ball away. He's trying to, to hang in there that extra second for a deep pass because he doesn't trust that if they don't take this opportunity, another one will come. And he's got to get out of that mindset. I feel like Philip Rivers was very much the same way in 2020 early. The numbers weren't quite as bad because I think the running game was was a little bit better and he wasn't getting hit on every snap. So I think those things were a little bit more manageable. Mm -hmm. But I think he still had that same mindset early on and then it clicked. He had that terrible game in Cleveland and it clicked after that. And he started taking what was there more often and he got red hot. And so... You know, I don't know if, if that's even something that's possible for Matt Ryan until this offensive line improves. But I think if I was Frank Reich, I would have him on this 10-day little mini-buy studying film of, of Philip Rivers in 2020. And whatever it was Rivers did, you know, Ryan needs to tap into that. You know what's truly, truly maddening about what you just said, George? Because you were 100% right in everything you just said. It feels like Matt Ryan's trying to do too much. He, he doesn't clearly, and rightfully so, does not trust the offensive line whatsoever. So that's fair. Uh, he is right in thinking that. With that said, though, you're talking about him not trusting that the, you know, the next play is going to be there, not wanting to basically you know, try to do too much and, and try to make a hero play out of nothing, making chicken you know, salad out of you-know-what, a chicken you-know-what. That is exactly why the Colts got rid of Carson Wentz last year. He yep. did the same thing. And they were frustrated by it. And what did we hear all offseason? We're bringing in Matt Ryan because why? He can make the layups. He can do what Carson Wentz could not do, which is basically make the easy throws. And the Colts felt, right or not, it does not seem like that's the right answer right now, but they felt that as long as they just have a quarterback who can just take the easy throws and basically keep them in second and third and manageable, they're going to score a lot of points and be a successful football team, make the playoffs, win the division, then everything's going to be okay. That is not the case. And guess what? Matt Ryan right now is not playing his part in that. He is somehow, somehow, George, worse than Carson Wentz and more careless than Carson. He has seven picks. Carson Wentz had seven picks all of last year. And there were some maddening, stupid interceptions and fumbles and times where Carson Wentz would have been better off like 95% of quarterbacks do and just fall down. Some of Tom Brady's best plays, George, are falling down. What do they say in poker, right? It's it's not about the hand you win. It's about knowing when to fold. That Matt Ryan is not knowing when to fold. And, man, it's killing the Colts. Two more yep. fumbles. Neither were lost somehow. Good thing for Quentin Nelson being heads up on the one that was just egregious when he's getting wrapped up by two guys and still holding the ball out. And he's getting wrapped up by two different Broncos going out to the ground where he had no nothing there. And throws two picks. Second game already this season out of five, where he had zero touchdown passes and two interceptions. He is not right now taking the laps. He is killing this team because he is somehow out Carson Wentzing Carson Wentz. You know, and coming in, I thought the five interceptions were a little bit inflated because, I mean, two of them in, in Jacksonville were just, they didn't matter. They, the game right. was out game of reach well and you're just hand. trying to make something happen and, and you really don't care in that situation. And then the one against Tennessee was just a great play by the defensive end. I mean, there's a lot you can say on that. They had a wide open guy and, and Tierra Tart just gets up and, and tips it and catches it himself. And that's probably, you run that play 10 times right. and that's the one time it ends in an interception. Today, though, 
he was forcing the ball to Michael Pittman on both of those picks. And maybe he learned. Maybe later on, maybe that's why we started to see more of Alec Pierce. Maybe that's the answer there. You know, he was trying to force the ball to number 11. And once he kind of trusted those other guys, all of a sudden Paris Campbell's making plays in the fourth quarter. Alec Pierce is making plays in the fourth quarter in overtime. I, I think he needs to trust his his look. I, I don't blame him for not trusting the offensive line, but I think he needs to trust his playmakers a little bit more than he has so far. I get why you want to get Michael Pittman involved. I think there probably was an emphasis on that coming in. He didn't get targeted definitely in the fourth quarter. I'm not sure he got targeted in the second half against Tennessee in a one score game. That's that's unfathomable. I'm sure that was a big focus, but you've got to trust these other guys. I mean, they, they've stepped up and shown you. Kyron Granson had a another nice play late today. You know, Paris Campbell's done it for two straight weeks. Alec Pierce, as we talked about, as we're coming on, we were absolutely banging these receivers and tight ends all off season long, all early part of the season. They have started to step up, and Matt Ryan needs to understand that and trust them. You hope, like you said, that that really that fourth quarter kind of he starts to learn because especially that second pick to Caden Stearns, where you just staring him down and he makes a break on it because that was basically just a, just a gimme. Like you can't be making those just stupid decisions. Like you said, are costing your team, and somehow credit to the defense today for how great they played. Or I, I know the Broncos' offense is a mess, and Russell Wilson. I'm not sure if Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan, by the way, George had like a side bet of who can play worse and who have the worst interceptions. Because Matt Ryan's two picks he threw, he threw, it looked nothing compared to the two awful picks that, that Russell Wilson threw on Thursday night. That was just a game of who can make the worst interception, and both were winning that one for sure. But it's just like, I, I hope this is a learning lesson, but it also feels like George is in here week five, it feels like deja vu all over again. Because we're talking about Matt Ryan needing to trust his guys, need to be you know taking better care of the ball, and then here we are again seeing him holding the ball out, making bad decisions, and again, putting the ball in harm's way, where even sometimes there was, you know, there's some near picks where mm-hmm. he got lucky with a drop or two, you know, as well, where his number could be even higher than uh, than the seven that is right now through five games. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he, he's got to play better. There's no question about that. The offensive line has to improve first and foremost, and yes. Matt Ryan has to play better. That being said, I don't think, I don't think a quarterback change is going to change anything right now. I don't think anybody's going to look good behind this line right now. Um, and I, and I don't think that's the answer. I, I don't think Nick Foles is going to suddenly walk in here and, and, you know, look like the Super Bowl MVP that he was in 2017. So they've just, they've got to get better play from Matt Ryan. It has to start right now. I will say this, you, you go back. I did a little bit of this this week. Andrew Luck threw five games in 2018. I think had six turnovers. I think he had five picks and, and if he had lost the fumble, uh, I think that it was five interceptions for uh, Philip for Rivers, Rivers through five yeah. weeks with with just four touchdowns. So we've seen this happen before. Some of it's what we were talking about, you know, on the last pod that that new quarterback thing. It's going on in Denver with Russell Wilson as well, trying to get adjusted and and find your way. But stuff like those two interceptions today, none of that applies. You know, that's just bad football. Period. I don't care if it's with a new team. With an old team, you can't just stare down your number one receiver and force the ball to him and throw the ball to the other team. It seems pretty simple when you say it out loud, uh, but you know, you you absolutely it can't happen, uh, and it needs to stop happening. Those are the two things that that are holding this offense back: the turnovers from Matt Ryan. The rest of the time, he's pretty good. That's the most frustrating yeah. thing. He's the only guy coming into this week. He was the only guy through the first four weeks with two three hundred fifty plus yard passing games, but. When you turn the ball over like this, it doesn't matter. You, you, 
you kind of taking away, you know, one good thing, one bad thing. It's, it's not adding up. And he's normally efficient today or Thursday was not 26 out of 40, but normally he's an efficient guy where he's getting a high completion percentage. Sometimes again, completing the ball too many times the other team, but it's just like, it is one of those things where like you said, when he, you, you cannot take away the turnovers because clearly that's the biggest reason why right now the Colts are two, two and one and not, you know, three, one and one or, or three, you know, four and one, maybe like the way they play, they're better than they're better than the record says they are. But at the same time, it's like also, you see Matt Ryan play. It's like, he's playing like a rookie. Like, honestly, yep. like, like a lot of mistakes he's making for a 15 year veteran. I know it's his first year with the Colts, but he does look like a rookie out there. that's making a lot of these simple mistakes. And for what he was advertised as being, it's been the total opposite. And that's, I think a, a huge frustrating part is that everything we were promised and the, the areas he was supposed to improve the quarterback position for this team the most He's actually improved at the least. And is there anything, yep. you know, take it and make it even worse than it was last year? That's yep. like you mentioned, it's been a trend, right? With Frank Reich and new quarterbacks the last few years where they have gone to slow starts and similar, you know, no, no real secret that the quarterback plays well, the rest of the team plays well. Kind of week six, week seven has always been that magic number where the team turns it around. But at least through five weeks, George, this team has given you no indication that they're ready to turn it around. And that Ryan's all of a sudden been- going to, you know, go on a big run. It's never been this bad. I mean, no, it's never it's been not. 20, 21 sacks now. 21 sacks through five games. I mean, that's that's David Carr stuff. You know, I mean, that that's first of all, people aren't gonna have to worry about it. the people that want Matt Ryan bench aren't gonna have to worry about that. If this con- continues, he won't make it through the season. He will not be in one piece. If, if this continues where he's sacked 21 times and he's hit, I don't know, probably 50, you know, that's that that issue would take care of itself at that point. I mean, they have got to to clean that up. And you would hope this is kind of your last chance. I, I feel like we keep saying every week's the last chance, but it's kind of your last chance. Somehow, some way, you're two, two, and one at the end of all this. Somehow, some way, you will be no worse than a half game out of first place in your division when Sunday's over. And somehow, some way, you still have a chance to do some things this year. This bye week, mini bye week. You've got to clean up the offensive line and you've got to get the quarterback's head on straight. That those two things have to happen right now in the next 10 days. Um, because somehow, some way, the, the football universe has has given you life. I'm not sure how. When you look at some of these numbers, it's it's really incredible. But the fact of the matter is, they won't be worse than a half game out of first place when we wrap up play on Sunday. I was joking on Twitter during the game, George, but also kind of serious. Like Matt Ryan, like you mentioned, might not make it through the year. Like he might retire. Like I, I would not be surprised if he's like Avante Davis just goes in a halftime. Like if he went into the locker room at Denver on Thursday and just said, you know what, halftime, you guys are getting me killed back here. Like I'm gonna walk away before you know I can't walk away. I wouldn't have. I would have faulted him. I would not have been surprised if he comes out of the, you know out of the locker room retired in the second half because. Right through five games, like you mentioned, they're getting no protection. He's getting hit 12 quarterback hits on the game, uh, in addition to six sacks. So it's just like he's not forget make it like his wife. I'm like, Matt, you're done. Like, you, you were, you know, we need you around here. And this offensive line's not gonna, you know, give you a chance to, to sit upright. It's it's bad. And like you said, for and then the worst part is, is I mean, for how much of a statue Matt Ryan is. Nick Foles might be be more of a statue, so it's yeah. just there, there's no option. Like it's Matt Ryan or or bust for sure. But boy, another game where, to his credit, fourth quarter 
didn't make some throws, didn't make some plays, even under siege. Even when oh, the balls are getting siege. almost tipped out of his hand at, at times with how much pressure he's facing, uh, he did manage to uh, to make it through and get a Colts win here. One thing I want to say really quickly here, George, before we move on to some positives, because there were we've talked about it a little bit. There are some positives coming out of this 12-9 ugly, ugly win in Denver. I thought somehow, for how bad the Colts played, for how bad the Broncos played, I thought the refs were worse. What? I thought the referees you make were a case horrendous. For that. And especially in that last drive with two minutes, I would, nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew no. what down it was. The, the, the off, offsides penalties at first and 10. Somehow they were going to give the Colts a first and 10 on an offsides penalty, which made absolutely no sense, which they enforced. Then you have a player taking up the field for a, a, you know, for a spot or getting, a, you know, a spotting a concussion possibly. And all of a sudden, the play clock resets to 10, and no one has a heads up. I've never heard of that rule before, George. I know the, I know the new concussion spotter thing is new, where you take a player off the field mid-play. But also at the same time, um, I never heard of a play clock resetting to 10, and they gave no Matt Ryan no indication uh, of that. And you get a, a bad delay again that, again, hurt the Colts late there. It, I thought the, 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 some of the penalties were a little weak. Not making excuses. No. I just thought that the referees were... Jo- on par somehow even worse than the how these two teams played and they were bad both ways i mean i think they, they yes, hurt both yes. teams um it was it wasn't a good performance for them either but maybe they just felt like you know what we're not going to give our best effort either we're watching this we're out here we're just gonna that's fair in. i think the smartest people in that stadium were the denver fans that left at the end of the fourth quarter they they were the ones that won today no one else i give them all the credit uh, they, you know, they did better than the rest. They did better than both teams. Hats off to the Denver fans for walking out. Thank you for bringing that. Shame on me. It took us a half hour into this pod to bring it up. You are a hundred percent right, George. The fans that walked. First of all, I have never seen. Have you? Because you, especially you being in a lot of these stadiums, have you ever seen a situation where forget like a close game, a tie game? The fans said, "Screw this! I have seen enough. I'm getting out of here." I have never seen a mass exodus of fans leaving a tie game with, I think it was what, ten seconds like that. Was right, I didn't believe it was just when yeah. the Colts get the field goal to go to overtime. I'd never Five. seen that. Five seconds left. Us at the same time. I can't say they're they're at fault. Good I saw. For them. I- I saw in Houston one year, I saw a mass exodus and the Texans came back and won. It was one of those big comeback games uh, when J.J. Watt was, I think J.J. Watt got hurt at the end of it. Uh, I want to say it was like 2016, 2015, sometime in that range. But that's okay. different. Like you're talking about, they were way behind when the fans left and then they came back and won. Right. I don't. I can't ever recall a tie game going to overtime and the fans say, nah, we, we've had enough. But you yeah. know what? They beat that the traffic. Oh, so wild. They beat the tra- and I, I don't know if you've been to downtown Denver. It's a nice place. There's a lot to do down there. They they probably were better off wherever they were when they saw the end of that game. They were better off than they would have been in their seats. So hats off to the Broncos fans. I mean, I everyone's brain was was numb watching those two offenses trying to put you know uh, put even two first downs together. So you know what? Credit the. I hope they get a refund. I know the NFL would never. <laughs> I think the fans in attendance specifically that somehow paid good, hard-earned money to watch that atrocity should be refunded because my goodness, that was awful. <laughs> That's still <laughs> the broadcast. Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit like were just shot. Like they're like, what are we seeing? 
<laughs> that was truly unbelievable. Tie game overtime, which should be 99.9% .9 of the time. It's still an exciting moment. Like you said, everyone's rushing to their seats. You're in the bathroom. You're running to get back. Everyone could not get out of that stadium. Let me ask you this really quickly. Do you even beat the traffic? Well, like half the stadium is saying, screw That's a good question. You, you actually might question. beat the traffic by staying and watching into the game than you would right now leaving right for overtime. Sorry. That's a really that's a really good question. <laughs> I don't know. They may have caused the traffic jam, but I just I'll tell you that that game deserved that. I will say that. That that game deserved the mass exodus. So hey, you know what? It's a win, right? We come back. It's a win. Uh we're gonna find some positives in, in a victory for the Colts. That is true. And as our great producer, Bill, does point out, Matt Ryan's owed $29 million next year. So we were kind of joking about him walking away mid-retire mid-year. Look, $29 million is a lot. <laughs> if you have to save on that, if it's line for, for 12 more games, I don't know if it's worth it, George. I don't know if that's worth it for sure. That's going to be a, a test of will, to say the least. My goodness. <sighs>